that being said, I laughed out loud more than I thought I would. Um, and that duck is always funny. Daffy. Is it Daffy? Yeah. Daffy Duck? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is. Not Donald I was, Duck. Yeah, I was, I was about to say I was getting him and Donald. Donald Glover. Donald. I was getting Donald Glover and Daffy Duck. Yeah, up. same thing. I do that. I do that all the time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the We Don't Watch Everything podcast, a podcast for entertainment, about entertainment. As always, I'm your co-host, Ben, here with my co-host, Phil. Say hi, Phil. Hi. And we have a special episode for you today. We have a court case. Our very first court case episode. Arguing some certain points about the new film, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I like how you say film. I may put that in quotation marks. Um, we have a special guest to preside over said case, our good friend, uh, Mike Chapin. The magic man. Uh, you'll get to hear more from him and uh, as he oversees our case and some, you could say, heated arguments that take place. Uh, you better say heated <laughs> or else I'll feel like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all over a very important issue. Um as you'll find out. So we're looking forward to bringing that to you. Uh, a few housekeeping things, though, as we get going today. Uh, what do you got for us, Phil? Okay. Well, I have a couple of news in the casting world of things. Some directorial things, some debuts, some some big news. And then there's a new game show starring, airing on NBC that I have I've grown quite a fancy for introduced it to me uh yes just this we evening, watched actually. an episode we watched the second episode of it tonight before but before we get to that um it came out that margot roby is joining tom hanks in wes anderson's next movie that's all the information we have but margot roby and tom hanks wes anderson sign me up i'm there for it it seems appropriately uh discreet in amount of information i feel like that's all we need to know yeah if you know wes it makes sense which also wes anderson's new newest movie the french dispatch comes out next i think it comes out in september maybe late august i don't know Hmm. i'll double check that uh next you have you watched rebels the star wars cartoon uh a little bit not a lot okay well they're they're casting for live action sabine right now Oh, okay. For the Ahsoka show, which is just a little tidbit that I think is kind of fun. Hmm. Uh, Sabine's a great character. Our our guest today, Mike, um, who judged who judged our our courtroom, is a big Sabine fan as well. I should have mentioned that earlier. Uh, and then directorial news: Lin Manuel Miranda's directorial debut, Tick Tick Boom, comes out on uh, to theaters November twelfth, and it will be dropping on Netflix on November nineteenth. Gotcha. But as for that. Now the important piece. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, yeah, new game show. Um, I'm usually not a big game show viewer. I don't spend a lot of time watching like cable or network television. I typically stick to streaming sites because, I don't know. We're I-, I was going to say, when you turn this on to watch this tonight, I'm like, this feels weird. Turning yeah. a TV on and watching a show at a time. And like watching <laughs> the end of the show before it because you yeah. didn't want to miss the beginning. It's like I don't care about America's Got right? Talent, but it comes on before Family Game Fight. So I'm going to watch the end of it. But yeah, that, that, that is the show, Family Game Fight. Um, spoiler alert, I, I, duh, I'm a huge Kristen Bell fan. I'm a Dak Shepard fan as well. They're doing a game show together. Like, yeah, I'm watching. That's it. fish in a barrel for you. Yeah, yeah it's that's easy pickings. And I uh, watched the first episode last Saturday. I don't know. It came on after the closing ceremonies for the Olympics. I was immediately hooked. It's a lot of fun. Um, I have I set an alarm on my phone to remind me to tune in at eight. Nice. It, this is the first time I've had to like tune in. At oh a yeah, certain yeah. Time. It's not to, like just watch not what I wanted to watch. You. Yeah. So I think. Uh, I'll let you kind of mention what your initial reactions to it were. But one thing I never liked about game shows was that it takes people who are not famous for being entertainers and makes you and makes them try to entertain us for half an hour. And this show just says, hey, we have Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard, two of the Mm -hmm. most lovable people in Hollywood. Let's let them play the games. Yeah. 
Yeah. And just like with the people. So the focus is always on Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. And it's it's a ton of fun. The games are super unique. And it just feels like a, a good old family game night. Yeah, because you had brought up the point about a trend that a lot of game shows have now is they try to have famous people on as like contestants. But then that kind of steals the show. And that's kind of admitting, okay, well, our strength isn't in the concept itself that we have. It's you just want to see whoever this famous person is that's coming on. Well, this show like reverses that where the draw is it's two co-hosts and the structure of the show because they're so like intertwined with it. And like you said, they're like participating in all the games and getting to be themselves and make people laugh, um, make the contestants laugh. So while there are like contestants that come on and you kind of root for, um, that's not the main draw. It's, you know, there's going to be something entertaining. Like every time you turn it on, um, turn your brain off for an hour and enjoy it. So, um, I, I liked what I saw. I cool. definitely, I definitely know why you liked it, but um. I, I just, I love those two. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I do feel validated that I didn't only like this show because it was those two. It actually mm-hmm. seems if, if you liked it, it actually must have some merit of its own in that sense. Well, if I like so. it, then you should probably be worried. Well, <laughs> I don't know. You didn't like Space Jam. <laughs> but enough about that. Um, you'll hear plenty of that in our upcoming segment. But uh, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, and let's I hope you enjoy it. Play some music and get to court. Hey, everyone. Welcome into the main event of the we don't watch everything podcast today as mentioned we're getting into the courtroom are we ever getting into the weeds and to join us on this quest our friend the magic man magic man the judge the juror the executioner let's hope not <laughs> mike hello hello welcome to the hello Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I've had many sleepless nights since I got the invitation, um, trying to wrestle with the idea of uh, justifying my presence on the pod, considering <laughs> the massive celebrities that it has seen, including, you know, real experts who have do stuff like this for a living. You guys have had fellow podcasters, you've had news anchors you've had people who are making content for a living phil i believe your sister used the word motif once on an episode and so that's <laughs> well beyond my pay grade there so um i've been trying to figure out what would even warrant such an invitation and i figured it out um doing the math in my head i have kind of came to the conclusion that outside of your respective fathers I would say I'm definitely the person who spent the most time with both of you. I'm sure you guys have both spent times with other people more, but if you combine you two, I would say I probably rank number one there. So I'm kind of the expert on our two co-hosts here. There you go. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm bringing to the table tonight. I would say it's not even close. Yeah. Like you'd yeah. have, it'd have to be Mike, right? Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah. Your, your dad's, taught and coached each other respectively so um i think they take the cake and they would be great future judge candidates i would say as well but maybe a little biased though <laughs> i mean you can at least have the appearance of being objective have you met my <laughs> true exactly yeah <laughs> he would do everything against you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah definitely don't have a bias as they would so yeah uh, but I will, uh, that, that's where I, I'll rest on my expertise there. Is. Fair enough. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks for the introduction to yourself, Mike. We really appreciate having you on. We were, we had a lot of applicants to be the judge for what is hopefully our first courtroom episode. And uh, well, the cream rose to the top. I'll say that. Mm. Yeah. But yes, what are we? Well, thanks for having me. What are we presiding over today, so yeah. to speak? Yeah, Magic Man, would you like to present the case that the people will be hearing? Yes. So the case that has been brought forward to me is um, 
that it, it's on the new Warner Brothers film Space Jam. And Warner Brothers. It, Don't forget that part. Yes. Yeah, it, it is a Warner Brothers film. Um, do note that. But it didn't hold up to the previous film and was strictly a money grab commercial shamelessly peddling Warner Brothers content. That is the accusation that is being made. Um, yes, before. Ben is claiming these things and I am disputing them. Right? Yes. Okay. Oh, shoot. You're going to have to change some things. <laughs> this isn't first take with a signed take from beforehand. <laughs> We should just switch arguments right before and just see what happens. That'd be a good concept for a future episode. Hmm. But not today. today. Yeah. (laughs) And so in the spirit of transparency, uh, we should probably mention that all three of us have seen the film. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I don't know. Did you guys see it in theaters? I did. He did. I did not. Okay. Yeah, I, I watched. I watched it on. Uh, I streamed it as well. So, um, take take that into account in your arguments. Pro or for or pro or against. Shout out to HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. Well, how we have this structured is kind of in four parts. So Phil and I will each have a sort of an opening statement to set up our arguments. We'll have our main arguments section, and then. Um, We'll have sort of a rebuttal where we get to fight back against what the other person has said and then our closing statements and um, our honorable judge will make the decision of who argued their case better uh, at the end. I picked a fight yeah. with a guy with way too much time. <laughs> Very true. He's got, a, he's got a document open over here. I got a piece of paper with two notes on it. You have an Excel sheet to be fair, but you know, like just lying well sometimes sometimes the simplest arguments are the best ones because good things always happen when i talk too much if this show is any (laughs) indication (laughs) absolutely well should we get going your honor let's hear it yeah the honorable uh mike chapin presiding which i don't know the judge doesn't say this is the bailiff that would typically say that is it, it I don't even know what the we're a little short staffed over here, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> I am the I like you guys said, I'm the judge, jury, bailiff, and executioner tonight. So hopefully you're not executing anyone, but well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> All right, then let's hear your I'm up first. Statement. Okay. Thank you all for hearing this case, honorable judge. I will begin with my opening statement. Wanting to profit off of professional basketball player LeBron James's popularity and influence, a computer algorithm sets up a shamelessly commercially saturated basketball game where viewers are held prisoner while watching. What I described is not merely the plot of Space Jam, A New Legacy. It also seems to be the situation that created the film itself. The same computer algorithm that looked to exploit the accomplishments, the brand, and the cross-cultural appeal of James within the movie also appeared to be at the helm of engineering this two-hour-long advertisement for Warner Brothers, Nike, and the entire lineup of HBO Max. And as viewers, we are held captive, not by an engaging picture, a caringly crafted ode to the original Space Jam film with its own twists and fresh faces, or even by simple humor and ingenuity. Rather, we are trapped in this new world, this future dystopia that takes the talents of LeBron James, not in the least an admirably dedicated acting performance by the superstar, and abuses them to make money for everyone while producing little of value in return. Now, did my spending of $20 for a movie ticket and overpriced popcorn, as well as seeming waste of my evening sitting through endless pre-movie advertisements and unappealing trailers beforehand, further fuel my distaste for what I witnessed on the screen in Space Jam A New Legacy? That may be fair to say. It's also fair to say that the overloaded commercialization of the theater experience bled thoroughly through into the content of the film itself. It's simply where we are now. I can't say that I take pleasure in crafting these arguments as to why the new legacy of Space Jam falls flat on its face. It is a new legacy from the original film to be sure. 
it's just a disappointing one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and then we go, we'll go right into to Phil's opening statement. Right? Correct. That's how it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. First of all, thank you, Your Honor. And thank you to the people of the jury. My case is a simple one. LeBron James's Space Jam, A New Legacy, not only honors the legacy of the original, but I dare say it builds upon it. LeBron James's Space Jam, A New Legacy is far from a cash grab, and I found it downright insulting to be referred to as a cheap commercial cash grab, whose only intent is to peddle Warner Brothers content. Today, I'll bring forward to you what my opponent has forgotten, and that is exactly what the legacy of the original Space Jam is. I will bring forward exactly what it is that my opponent continues to ignore, and that is LeBron James's own legacy, not only as a basketball player, but as a man, as a father, but most importantly, an actor. I intend to bring up many points today that Mr. Jones has clearly decided to ignore, including the passage of time, the theme of the movie itself, the timeless effect that Bugs Bunny has on young and old audiences, my takes are for the people, the people that need to know the truth, the truth that is LeBron James, the truth that is Bugs Bunny, the truth that is Ben's an idiot, and that what he is mistaking for lack of charm and quality is just the lack of ability to accept that Bill Murray was not in this movie. And if he takes a step back and chooses to evaluate this movie honestly, he will see this movie for more, he, see, he will see this that this movie more than holds up to its predecessor. And I invited him to my home to watch this movie so he did not have to spend money and he decided not <laughs> to. Thank you again, Your That's Honor. And thank you again to the people of the jury that are committed to truth. The truth that is Space Jam. Well, the jury, the jury appreciates that. Um, so then we have, uh, we go right into rebuttals then, I assume. Um, I don't know. I believe we have our main arguments and the, the rebuttals argument. are to the main arguments. Yes. And has anyone brought any witnesses today of any sort? Is that? Oh uh, yeah. LeBron, rebuttals? you can come in real quick. <laughs> I have brought a witness. Perfect. All right. Well, yeah, let's get into the main arguments then. I am up first. Okay. Well, I'd like to begin the only logical place to begin. We're speaking of legacy. What is the legacy of the original Space Jam film? Well, honestly, it was Warner Brothers Animation's first feature film. It was what got it all started. It was risky. It was bold. It was weird. And it was different. Nothing about it was calculated. It was completely original. The choice of Michael Jordan, obviously a well-known superstar, but someone with, uh, shall we say, minimal acting chops was different. The Looney Tunes themselves were waning in popularity and relevance at the time. It was a perfect parallel for Jordan, who was at a point in his career coming off of his first retirement, an up and down season in the NBA and uh, a, a disappointing finish uh, to the season, both personally and as a team with the Chicago Bulls. And he found himself on uncertain ground, a parallel with the Looney Tunes, of course. He did something different. He did something risky. The film was relatively free of commercialization and product placement, at least compared to its successor. And not I nor anyone is claiming that this film is a masterpiece, um, critically or commercially. There, it's not perfect, but we can. I think what a lot of us could agree on is that it was different and it was original, and it had quite a spark. Now, let's contrast that with its successor. The legacy that Space Jam: A New Legacy seems to build is one of exploitation. It doesn't look to build upon but exploit the original film in its mission outside of occasional references. It, it 
plants itself as its own evil creation, its own reflections of our times and state of entertainment. It does this, and I'll use the words of filmy critic Angie Han, it feels less like a movie than a sales pitch, where Warner Brothers really wants to remind us that it owns everything from Casablanca to Game of Thrones. This is personified in a quite embarrassing sequence of LeBron James and Bugs Bunny collecting the rest of the Looney Tunes for their basketball game from the cinematic universe of the entire lineup of HBO Max, doing nothing but building upon the legacy and the construct of other films that already exist, pulling the Looney Tunes out of those to build their team. My eyes nearly rolled into the back of my head while watching this scene. Now, none of this is to say that Space Jam A New Legacy doesn't draw at all from the original film. In fact, it does, but it less so draws and more so pillages. It draws inspiration not from the weird, quirky, or unique image of the first film, but more from the surface level, recognizable, marketable elements. A reference here, a joke there, all in good fun, just enough to remind you that this film is aware of its supposed lineage, but it exists not to pay honor to the uncommonness of its predecessor. It's here to tell you to your face that it's making a whole lot of money off of this opportunity without having to put in the creative effort of the first one. And it's also here to assure you that you'll continue to pump your dollars into this all-encompassing stream of entertainment despite the insult. It's not only trite, but it's also a bit braggadocious. Now, the central conflict of the new film, that LeBron must win a basketball game against an evil computer force named Algae Rhythm, played by an admittedly charismatic Don Cheadle, give him credit for that. But he must do this in order to escape from the nightmare multiverse of entertainment of Warner Brothers, seemingly self-defeating purpose. See, as the viewer, we're already willing to drink from this well of endless celebration of cameos and appearances by the Warner Brothers lineup in the movie. The computer forces have already won. The game is pointless. It's nothing but a chance to stack up more of our money because we're already watching. Now, how could a film that this, it's this self-aware of its own place in history and culture, its own state of creative bankruptcy and exploitation and lack of new ideas, still put out a product like this as it is? One answer is that they're trying to make it appealing to the young crowd, which this film works as. I, with this, I have no problem, obviously, but, and they, they succeed. But the other answer is they think little or care little for the intelligence of the rest of us, maybe myself included. Now, this film isn't without its positive elements. As I have mentioned, LeBron James gives a dedicated and charismatic performance, I think Phil would agree. Um, one that many would argue tops the individual acting performance of Michael Jordan. But that's not really the issue here, as LeBron seems as trapped in this nightmare as much as the rest of us are as viewers. The film also has its occasional funny moments. The Looney Tunes are in good form, and the joke with Michael B. Jordan contrasting him to the legendary Michael Jordan got a laugh. And the messages about the importance of family and following your dreams and working together are nice, but they're overshadowed and suffocated by the rest of the film's negative elements. See, these small bright spots are not enough to take away from the large barrage of product placement of advertisements and self-aggrandizements of Warner Brothers. That's not a legacy that I want to be involved in, even if LeBron James is okay being involved in it. Thank you. Wow. Those, those are some uh, fantastic points. I would, before Phil gets into his main argument, like to point out that I appreciate how this is the most no-nonsense and blunt uh, critique you guys have had of a movie, which is potentially the most ridiculous movie talked about on this show. I mean, you guys talked about Naked Gun last episode, but this one's up there. So, uh, this is a fresh take. I love this. <laughs> um, and with that being said, let's get let's get right into Phil's main argument. All right. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you again to the people of the jury and to my competition today for making this very easy for me. <laughs> Before addressing the actual legacy of Space Jam, a new legacy, I'd like to not only discuss, but to remind everyone 
what would have been a tragedy of a sequel? What would have made Space Jam A New Legacy a tragedy? A true tragedy would have been a carbon copy. If Monstars had came in the same way they did last time and if the motives were the somehow the same. A tragedy would have been LeBron James receiving Michael Jordan treatment, meaning that the end result is going to be okay because we have MJ. A true tragedy would have been a two hour love fest about how great LeBron James is and using the Space Jam themes to convince people that LeBron is the GOAT. That would have been a tragedy, but that is not what we got. In Space Jam, A New Legacy, we are presented with new ideas and concepts that make sense in our modern era. Bringing things like streaming and technology that we see every day into the equation, this movie does not just copy the plot from the original, it maintains the DNA that is high stakes basketball game, but presents it in a modern era. In Space Jam, A New Legacy, we are presented with a hero who is flawed. And his flaws go beyond the shallow surface of not being able to hit a curveball just like Ben couldn't. It gives us a man who grew up without a father, learning what it takes to be a father to a son that, like this movie, is not a carbon copy of the one that came before. Our hero must learn about himself, and he must learn about his son to accomplish the goal. Everything is not going to be just okay because he's LeBron. This movie and LeBron himself accept the fact that he must learn and grow to succeed the goal. And what of the Looney Tunes, you ask? Characters we maybe had forgotten about, characters maybe even the younger generation had never met. And what better way to introduce our young, our young to the lovable Motley crew that is the Looney Tunes, and not only the mainstays that we saw in the original, but we were introduced to many more Looney Tunes characters in this film as well, expanding on the legacy that is the original Space Jam. <laughs> Not only does it introduce us to the legacy of the Looney Tunes, but what better way to introduce our young to the legacy of Michael Jordan than to show them the new Space Jam, to get the conversation started about who the Looney Tunes are and what the original Space Jam was in another family movie night that Warner Bros. gifts you. Two movie nights for the price of one. Not only does this movie live up to the legacy of the original, but introduces countless people to enjoy it the way countless people have enjoyed it before. And I ask you, the people of the jury, what better way is there to continue the legacy of a precious piece of art? You also will hear arguments for this movie being an advertisement for all things Warner Brothers. And to that, I would like to address three things. One personal opinion and two facts. One, the use of content does not exclusively mean an advertisement for it. I truly believe, and from discussion with some of my older acquaintances, that the use of this property only helped invest the older audience into what they were viewing with their children. Two, I'm going to call a witness to the stage. And that witness is actually a scene from the original Space Jam movie. Yeah, I'm ready, coach. Yeah, I'm ready. Wasn't just all stars. Looks like I retired just in time. All right, baby, gotta go. I'll call you later, okay? Love you. Bye. It's open! Come on, Michael, it's game time. Get your Hanes on, lace up your Nikes, grab your Wheaties and your Gatorade, we'll pick up a Big Mac on the way to the ballpark. Now we take. Get your Hanes on. Lace up your Nikes, grab your Wheaties and your Gatorade, and we'll get a Big Mac on the way to the stadium. Do you know what all of those things have in common, Ben? Those are all things that sponsored Michael Jordan at this time. You dare say that the new Space Jam embarrasses the legacy of the first movie by being product placement? Well, I will remind you of the third fact, that the concept for the movie Space Jam originally came from a commercial series where Michael Jordan played basketball with Martian from the Looney Tunes. With all this in mind, to attempt to condemn the new Space Jam for being an advertisement is a simple claim of ignorance to what the original Space Jam truly was. Your Honor, Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I love these movies, 
I love both of these basketball legends and I will do whatever it takes to keep the likes of the defendant from tarnishing each of these movies legacies. I mentioned in my opening statement that I am committed to truth. I just hope that all of you are too. Thank you. Some powerful stuff there, no doubt. Thank you, Your Honor. All righty, and with all that being said, it is time now for rebuttals. <clears throat> well, I suppose it seems only logical that Phil just went. It's my turn to place my rebuttal first. Yeah. Is that fair with? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it so pleases the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. I, I appreciate your uh, passion on this issue, and that's what we need in this debate and this lively discussion. I think it benefits all, and I, I appreciate your point of view, though I disagree. Now, you bring up quite a few points about this movie introducing a new generation of people to the Space Jam concept. But what I've argued and what I would continue to argue is that it doesn't introduce a new generation so much as reference it for its own gain. This movie shares little to no DNA with the original and merely uses its concepts, its constructs and its uh, references to make its own money. You also referred to the first one as a precious piece of art. Now, even I, who am defending this movie to the very to the first movie to the very last would never refer to it as a precious piece of art it's interesting sure it's unique sure but art i wouldn't say that you also reference the use of content uh and and advertising within the first movie such as the clip you played and granted although compared to the scale of the second movie and compared to the frequency and centrality of the advertising of it it's really no contest and also that scene could also just be read as a quick reference to the advertising giant that Michael Jordan was as a part of his character, He's but so that's not, but this is my turn to speak. <laughs> this is not central to the concept of the movie itself. This is a mere reflection of his character within real life, which has little bearing on the movie itself. Thank you. Well, Phil was already trying to get his rebuttal out there, so let's just have let's just have at it. What I want to say first, that the argument here is not how good these movies are. The argument is not that these movies are amazing. The argument is that the new one holds up to the prior one. And so to stake your flag on just bashing the quality of each of these movies just goes to show that you don't have a proper rebuttal. Thank you for making this so easy for me. To say that the new movie does not follow the same DNA, but has all the same concepts and constructs, just goes to show that you maybe don't have an understanding for what DNA means. What is, what is the DNA in that? And I, and I went and I, I, you, you were questioning my argument that this movie brings up different things and maintains the same DNA. And I said that the tragedy of this would have been if the movie was a carbon copy. And this movie did very little in referencing the original one. Michael Jordan was referenced one time and it wasn't even actually him. And that was in the movie to bring back the theme that everything's gonna be okay because maybe MJ will show up. Honoring the legacy of not only the movie but of MJ himself. You mentioned that you think that the point of this movie is to escape from the world of entertainment in Warner Brothers. And I argue that the point of this movie is not about that. It is about LeBron James growing as a father through the course of a basketball game built under the same DNA of the original movie. He definitely is a better actor than MJ too. I, we talked about that briefly. Oh. I, I was not prepared to judge on that topic this evening. That's all I have, Your Honor. All righty. Well, I appreciate that. And I guess um, 
sort of before we get into the closing arguments, um, how I'm seeing this thing is shaken out is we basically have three separate allegations that I'll rule on um, that have sort of come up and you guys can speak to them in your closing statements, but here are the three things that I see that are sticking out. There's one, the allegation of this movie is a commercial for Warner Brother products, media, and content. There is the allegation that um, this movie LeBron James did in as did as a vanity project. Um, and then there's would be the allegation that uh, this movie does not honor the first one. I know this wasn't like the original allegations we you guys set forth to argue, but I would say those were the three uh, points of contention between your original arguments. Um, and so I'm just at the end of all of this going to give uh, my rulings on those those three different allegations. I think so. If that insights or you know you use that as insight for your final uh closing arguments so be it but that's how i'm ruling from here on out if that makes sense fair enough all righty well with that being said uh let's roll into closing uh statements and i think that ben should go first to maintain the pattern that we had okay Thank you very much. <clears throat> and thank you all for hearing my arguments um, and for participating in this lively nice. debate. Thank you. Now, maybe the most disappointing and terrifying thing about Space Jam, A New Legacy, is that it does not, is that it does truly encompass the legacy of our current state of entertainment and our culture at large. Unable to create anything new, we simply monetize the past and farm out our current field of media for whatever dollars May have fallen between the cracks. Granted, LeBron James is a different figure, a different hero from an altogether different era than Michael Jordan. Perhaps it makes sense that each man's legacy shines through differently in each film. Jordan was at a point of uncertainty in his career and legacy, and the riskiness and uniqueness of the film reflected that. James's legacy is already firmly established on the court as a commercial and cultural giant and as an entertainment mammoth. So where does this leave us? I haven't necessarily argued that the new Space Jam film is a stain on the legacy of LeBron James. In fact, he seems to have truly tried his best at whatever he was trying to do. It just seems a shame that he wasted his efforts on a feature-length, highly commercialized advertisement spot. It feels like a nightmare we only want to escape from. And no late-game heroics from LeBron, or Bugs Bunny for that matter, will save us. Thank you. All right. And Phil, your closing arguments. Space Jam, a new legacy, as I've said several times today, not only honors, but builds upon the legacy of the original. It finds new and interesting ways to redo a beloved classic among sports fans, Looney Tunes fans, and Michael Jordan fans. It gives us a more interesting main character played by a better actor but not necessarily a better basketball player. LeBron James is at the center of this movie, obviously. And for that very reason, it builds upon the first one. This movie would not have been honoring or fun if it had just been late game heroics and LeBron saving the day because he's a great basketball player. Because that's already been done. That was Michael Jordan. We have LeBron James. It's a different game. He's a different player. And he knows that. My opponent wants this movie to be different, but is begging it to be a carbon copy. And those things don't add up. Thank you. All right. And tap, tap, tap goes my gavel. And we will take a brief recess for me to sort out my thoughts here and I will come back with the final verdict. The judge is back. What do they say in the courtroom when the judge is back? All rise. Back. All rise. Here. <laughs> um, the verdict is in. Um, and so with that being said and without any further ado, um,
let's get into it. On the allegation of this movie being about LeBron and a vanity project for LeBron, I would rule not guilty in that sense. I think that if you are LeBron, um, he would have to have a lot of passion about this project, uh, if, considering the script. Um, I don't know about you guys, but halfway through, I was like, I thought to myself, is LeBron going to be the antagonist the whole movie? Because he, he basically is for a lot of it. Um, this isn't, I don't think this is a clout move for LeBron. Um, I just think he wanted to make a fun, a fun movie. I, it, it didn't play off of the being the same as Michael Jordan in Space Jam, the original, um, to be a stab at his legacy in the court's eyes. Uh, and so I would rule not guilty um, in that sense. Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> and uh, furthermore, on the case of this movie um, building on the Space Jam legacy, or, or, its, or its inability to do so, I would rule guilty. Um, I hear Phil's side in the sense that if it was a carbon copy, we'd have all fallen asleep and we would be roasting it right now for why even bother coming up with a new script? You just made the same thing. That being said, and, and, and you can also, which you did make the point that like both of you did, that the first movie is not revolutionary. Um, it's a really cool, really fun movie, but it's not at all, uh, it's not going home with any Best Picture uh, awards. And so um, with that being said, it doesn't build on the legacy. Uh, this, this movie is a little bit recycled, both with subtle and not so subtle nods to the first one um, that seemed a bit forced. Um, if this movie doesn't get made, I think the Space Jam legacy itself is just as powerful, if not more powerful. Um, and, and I think that kind of comes down to how you actually feel about the movie, but uh, uh, I would I would say this doesn't build on the legacy of the original, so I would I would rule guilty there. And then lastly, as for the allegation that this movie is just a giant Warner Brothers commercial, um, I would say that I rule not guilty there. I will not lie. I wanted to come into this movie as impartial as possible, so that I could come into this courtroom as impartial as possible but I knew the rumors about it. And so I was shocked by how I didn't feel like it was a commercial. Um, I think that Phil made a great point about uh, when you talk to the folks that have seen the older content, it, it doesn't feel like a commercial for that. I, I feel like though the Warner Brothers content that got plugged the most of that movie is Harry Potter and it's like, I don't think Harry Potter needs a commercial at this point in the Harry Potter stage. Uh, you know, most of the stuff that they're plugging is well-known stuff. It's, it's, you can make the point that it's, it's, a, it's lazy, that it's falling back on other Warner Brothers content. Or, um, but I wouldn't say it's a commercial. Um, and so additionally, we had a fantastic witness uh, from Phil showing that the original Space Jam was a com based off of a commercial and commercialized just as much. Um, and so all that to say, I would shockingly not rule guilty that this movie is just a big plug for Warner Brothers. Uh, that being said, if you would have told me that there would be a scene with Speedy Gonzalez reenacting the Matrix, the eye, my eyes would have rolled into the back of my head. That being said, that was my favorite scene of the movie, and I was laughing out loud at it. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed some of those aspects of the team building, um, 
and those callbacks to other Warner Brothers content. So I would definitely rule not guilty there. As for whether or not this is a good movie, that is not for me to decide. And I guess you'll have to go. That is um, not the argument. <laughs> yeah, that, that is for the listener to uh, subscribe to HBO Max and watch it themselves. So I guess at the end of the day, I'm the real Warner Brothers commercial here as I advise people to go subscribe to HBO Max. They've got their claws in you. Don't you see? <laughs> yeah. Neither. I was worried about one of you two bribing me. It was Warner Brothers all the way. They are the one who funded this whole thing. So I told um, you, man, you or, got some pull. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Um, so that's how I rule. Um, but I, I'm, I'm free for you guys to start harassing me equally about well, my take one in my eyes he yeah, did, I, I would rule in favor of you i'll let you have the floor first yeah I, I would say i'd say overall phil's arguments were presented phil had the winning arguments you guys both had good presentation ben definitely tied tried to high road us with some journalism lingo that that uh what wasn't gonna let that one sneak by but uh yeah Go ahead, Bill. I'm thrilled to get the W. I'm, I'm still a little bummed I left one on the board. Uh, I might have a point or two um, talking about how the win on the, the advertisement of it should help my case for the legacy case. But I'm gonna just gonna I'm gonna sit pretty with the win and uh, not uh, test the waters too much. Yeah, and I think it's it's fair to point out that there is some commercialization here. Like you pointed out, there's not that much more, if if at all. Um, but there is some there. But I would say that the accusations made by Ben on the level, the magnitude, were uh, over over. Aided by the fact that he had to pay twenty dollars to go. See right, this. and that leads into a sort of my point. First of all, I appreciate the depth and the thoughtfulness of your ruling, the fact that you broke it up into different arguments, because I feel like that was very necessary. Uh, disappointing with the overall result, obviously, but <laughs> did I? Yes. yes. I, I feel like though that just all of both of your points particularly underscore the idea of how subjective entertainment is. And the fact that I felt more insulted by the whole experience, like you said, having paid way too much for this, wasted a whole evening in my theater in a theater um but yeah i someone out here is going to enjoy this movie i don't deny that and as mike said uh whether this movie is good or not quote unquote is not for us to decide but yeah yeah i think perspective plays into it as well because you know like i mentioned I knew some stuff about it coming into it. Like I'd seen some reviews and that being said, I tried to go into it impartial, but at the same time, I watched this last night and I knew Ben's allegations before I watched it. So like there was no way of me watching it without that in the back of my head. And so like, I don't know if that set the table for me to, to be more aware of it, to be more nonchalant about it. Um, but like that was in the back of my head. If I go into the movie, if I'm someone who goes into the movie theater with no idea, I've just seen the last Space Jam, liked it, ready to go watch number two. Maybe I'm slapped in the face by this next one. Maybe I love it even more than I did. I don't know. Uh, but you know, context and, and perspective are always going to play into how you partake as well. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Surprised Ben's not asking for a mistrial. <laughs> as long as I did, don't get the executioner part, I'm okay. Well, we will. Yeah, I uh, will. We'll uh, save that. Oh we'll no! For <laughs> What are you oh, watching? Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're here for another installment of your favorite part of the episode, Wewa. 
And it's a special guest today. Ben, neither of us are going to get to do a solo Oiwa for a couple weeks into the season. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Mike, what are you watching, good sir? Well, this is going to be the third anime installment of Oiwa because we are watching Hunter Hunter, which... I don't know yeah. if that's what the cool kids are calling it. I don't. I think I got it wrong. There's an X in there. It, no, Hunter Hunter's right. Okay. Don't pronounce okay. the X. Okay, don't pronounce the X. I didn't know if it's Hunter by Hunter or <laughs> it's never addressed. Um, you know how shows have those uh, episode naming tropes, like Friends is the one where it's yeah. the one where they and all that. Uh, this show has x's instead of spaces so uh even in the title it is hunter x hunter if you look it up on netflix or what have you but anyways it is um an anime uh about 200 episodes um and i around the same time as ben had just gotten my first dipping of the toes into the anime realm also with uh, full metal yeah (laughs) and I, I will say I, I watched it right before Ben and and hinted that he watch it. So I'll take uh, some of the responsibility there. As but you should. Anyways, Facts. Yeah, yeah. So I watched that and I'm like, whoa, this is good stuff. I got to get more of this. I'll have what they're serving. So um, I tried a couple things that weren't necessarily fits. And for a while, I didn't think Hunter Hunter was going to be one about like, 20 episodes in um and i usually don't get that far into shows that don't start clicking sooner than that but for some it, it, well i know the reason i was on a plane and i had a bunch of the episodes downloaded so i kept watching and then it finally clicked and here we are uh 80 plus episodes later i think about like 110 or something um i am thoroughly hooked um the show is is very tough to describe um but yeah, it, yeah. It, follow, it, it follows a lot it's it's got a lot going on the main character gone is a 12 or so year old boy and he's a bit of a um he just does it all he does everything right he does it well um which at the start annoys you it's like is this is this kid just gonna kind of do whatever he wants right all the time and just and be this perfect specimen um, but they really start uh intertwining conflict into all of it really well um they explore a lot of different topics and it starts to get pretty deep and then also pretty dark um i was looking for something that kind of had that tone after watching full metal because um anyone who's seen full metal knows that like that show doesn't stray away from getting into dark uh, emotional side of things. Um, and so uh, Phil had, Phil's the one who recommended Hunter Hunter to me um, and it has not disappointed. Um, and so I am kind of fully entrenched in that uh, anime scene right now, thanks to yeah. that show. You know, I gotta say, out of all the different animes I recommended, I'm kind of surprised Hunter Hunter was like the first one you grabbed onto. Because unlike Full Metal Alchemist, this one, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like really easy to dive into if you're not experienced in the anime kind of world. It's super strange. The magic system yeah. is super complicated, which is one yeah, of the I, things I, I find so charming about it because it's so customizable to the character. It's not kind of like a set standard like a lot of other shows will will find themselves in right that's the thing is with this show it's like the the ma- i guess the magic the nen uh abilities the rules there you get to a certain point where you're like okay it's we're just gonna throw these out the window and let the characters do cool stuff like i'm not gonna really track why they can do this i'm just gonna let them do these cool things and be entertained by it because it, yeah exactly because it it gets wild uh, from that sense. It's not as, as cut and dry as uh, some things like alchemy, uh, but yeah. So I, I'd agree with that. Um, and I, you know, I tried like 
I'm going to get some, you guys some hate for this one. I, but I tried Attack on Titan. And that one didn't grab me uh, quite the same way. And maybe I'll go back to it. But um, just something about this. There's a character um, kind of like the tritagonist. I guess Kilua would be that. But um, there's this character, Karapika, that uh, really, I think, is probably the coolest, one of the coolest action characters I've ever seen in anything I've ever watched. The, the writing for him is so good. Um, I don't know, just everything about him from his from his motives to his style of fighting, like it's all really well done. Uh, it is just insanely cool. Um, and so I believe it's around 200 episodes. So like, it feels like I should have a long way to go, but it definitely doesn't feel like I'm over halfway. That being said, they originally only had like, 50 of the episodes on Netflix. And so when I was originally watching it on Netflix, I was like, how the heck are they going to wrap this up in the next couple episodes? Because I was like 40 episodes in. And then Phil's like, yeah, it's a shame they didn't make 200 more episodes. I was like, no, they only made 50. They didn't even make 200 in the first place. And then Phil opened my eyes to the world of HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah. So just another big Warner Brothers commercial, which actually Netflix just went back and added the whole thing like last week or so. Um, And my wife had been just begging me to get HBO Max for quite some time. And then once I got to where I couldn't watch any more Hunter Hunter, I was like, all right, let's get HBO Max, Uh, you know, as any good husband would do. And so now that we have it, it is back on Netflix. So um i guess that's i know one of the next questions is what where how am i watching it i kind of beat you to the punch there but yeah i'm watching on hbo max and it's also on netflix i don't know if it's anywhere else i know not hulu probably like crunchyroll funimation i'm sure i have it but yeah i have a question yes sir so as someone who very recently in the past week actually finished the journey of my first anime experience with full metal alchemist brotherhood um Mike, knowing that you also started out with that, jumping from that, is Hunter Hunter a good logical place to go next? Because I'm definitely more interested in this anime world now. Maybe not all in, but I'm I'm willing to give something else a try because Full Metal Alchemist was uh, very much a hit in my eyes. Well, so here's the thing with Hunter Hunter. I think it has, I say this as someone who's watched one and a half anime shows, um it seems to have all the major anime tropes and what makes anime so great the i think the only problem someone could have with this is it does start slow um i I feel like the first couple episodes they take too long explaining some things whereas like with full metal you are just going like if you're not paying attention you are falling behind Mm -hmm. they are they're moving in that show um, and it's also like a quarter of the length too. So they have to, they have to pack it in. Um, the start Hunter Hunter is just like, all right, I understand what you're talking about. Let's, let's proceed here a little bit quicker. Um, and then they also don't like this, this sort of magic. What think of it like the force in star Wars, like this power in the world that allows these characters to use magic. It's not really unveiled until you know, 20, 30 episodes in. Um, and so that to me is when it clicked. I'm like, okay, this is this is a tool that they're gonna use in this show to keep me hooked. Like this is this is where the characters start to get unique and interesting and things like that once they start adding that element in. And so I think that if you're willing to stick with it, uh, it, it'll get to that same place that Full Metal would for for you, because um, it did for me. That being said, like the beginning is slow, wouldn't you say, Phil? Oh yeah, and I was kind of in the same boat as you. It took until the introduction of Nan and kind of how that stuff started working for me to really dive in head first. Um, but yeah, I, I at the at the start it's almost kiddie, like it's like okay, this seems like it was made for a younger audience and then you later get into stuff and you're like there's no way i'd let my kid watch this not let my kid watch that yeah a child should not be watching this it's definitely not that kind of show but just just from both the pace and tone it is at the beginning 
it gives off that vibe and that almost turned me off to it and okay <laughs> three things i would like to say yeah one uh i know you guys haven't watched a lot of anime are you familiar with the the name naruto mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. naruto maybe the most legendary anime it's in the top three for sure uh, the writer of Hunter Hunter was a huge influence in the writer of Naruto. This was he was he really helped him learn how to write a manga. And Wait, after. so wh- which came first then? Uh, so Hunter Hunter manga came first. Uh, the animes were kind of simultaneous in a way. The Hunter Hunter was okay. has been very has a very disjointed history. Oh, okay. Which I is also have- why it just like kind of stops abruptly. And there's a there's a finish to what we've seen, but it, it could have kept going. It just it that's where the source material stopped. Ah, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't like uh, FMA the the original or the first I guess not the original uh, where it just decided to go beyond what the source material made. Yeah, they they chose not to do that. Uh, it's been a it's two. It's been a big thing um, in like anime culture. Instagram, Twitter uh, spheres the last few months has just been, gosh, I wish we had more Hunter Hunter because that would be great. Well, if if they could find a way to get this thing going, while well, I finish the next 80 episodes, so I guess the next week they could get it going again, that'd be great. Three. I'm not ready to be done. Yeah. <laughs> Three, I would suggest getting giving uh, Attack on Titan the same, the same length you gave Hunter Hunter. Uh, once you get into that it, it's yeah i you know and i probably will it it was getting close to that point and um in all fairness i was watching those simultaneously i was almost going from one to the other in terms of episodes it's more like one night to the other it's like all right i'm gonna and so i kind of bounced back between the two because i am so inexperienced i didn't you know, those were kind of the recommendations. So it's like, oh, I'll try both. And right now, Hunter Hunter is the one that's stuck for me. So odds of me going back to the one are fairly good. But that being said, um, I am pleased as punch with my decision. <laughs> Once you get to the season finale uh, for the first season of Attack on Titan, I think you'll be hooked for a good. Yeah, yeah. But and I, I would say the um, the York New City auction of Hunter Hunter. For me, as of right now, and I'm not through this next arc, and people talk highly of the arc I'm currently on, but that arc is, if you if you call it one season of TV, in my opinion, like a top 10 season of TV all time. That it gripped me that way. Uh, so very good stuff there. Certainly high quality content. I might need to go rewatch that actually. Kind of tempted. Yeah. Yeah, well, that it's a it's a commitment. I wouldn't want it to uh, impede on any of the content that you're brewing for this lovely pod, but it's definitely mm. worthwhile. Are we ever? Because <laughs> well, as we know, you guys. <laughs> I have a full year, literally, to wait. <laughs> I will watch nothing else until that comes out. Well, definitely not Loki. No. Yeah. Uh um, and then, so I, um, I was also requested to mention, um, there is a show going on that everyone who's listening to this pod should be partaking in, which is Lego Masters. Mm. Um, and for those who don't know, it is in its second season on Fox, pretty sure, which all the Lego stuff has been Warner Brothers. All the Lego movies are Warner Brothers stuff. So again, this is just another Warner Brothers pitch for everyone. Um, but Lego Masters is the best competition show on right now. And I'd say that knowing... Phil's shaking back, his head. <laughs> well, Survivor's coming back soon. And I, too, am a big Survivor fan. But I would say Survivor's back. Family game. Entertainment value-wise, though, it is close. It is um, Will Arnett who hosts it. And they have two... Uh, lego masters that also judge and they are extremely entertaining amy and jamie um but basically it's like uh it's like a lot of the cooking shows you'll see like great british uh bake-off um except instead of making pies and tarts they are making 
insane Lego builds that are bigger than uh, the people or they'll do, you know, like they've done, they've made clothing, they've made uh, cars, they've stress tested builds against earthquakes and wind and made bridges and like they'll test them all sorts of ways. And it's wild. I genuinely can't believe they didn't make this show before. Um, but it's in its infancy as it is season two is just started. It's like four or five episodes in um, and it is live. It is on Hulu. And uh, if you care at all about your childhood's favorite toy, Lego, this is the show for you. And pitch. Yeah. Convincing. It's all yeah. me. Although hey, you probably I, didn't sell Phil on it being the best competition show on right now. I don't think so. What, Love Island? Family Game Fight. <laughs> Family Game Night. Is that, is that Zoe Deschanel? No, it's uh, Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. My favorites. Oh, okay, yeah. I, that's not... I will be watching that. Ben watched an episode today. I did, yeah. But we'll, we talked about that too much already in the intro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well uh yeah this uh, and and one last note on it you just you definitely don't have to be a master builder yourself to enjoy the show um or even that much experience with lego i personally do have a lot of experience um but my wife enjoys it all the same all right awesome well it's that time thank you so much for joining us today mike thank you for uh granting me the W. I really appreciate it. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you for showing my courtroom as much respect as you did. And um, hopefully before next time, I can brush up on my courtroom jargon a bit more. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think we should probably do a yeah, episode every once I agree. Time. Maybe I'll get a W sometime. Maybe a uh, road well, let's <laughs> Walking into a trap with that one. You might want to find an impartial judge there, <laughs> bad boy. Well, uh, the, ver- so the verdict's already in. What? On, on Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We had a great time today. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Play the music. <laughs>